Hello and welcome to the All Blacks edition brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best place for rugby predictions and opinion. And uh, yeah, I think this is our 50th episode. Wow! So yeah, um, a big, uh, big, big, big uh, sort of golf clap. We've made it. Brilliant. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about Steve Chu, obviously, who has announced his resignation. We'll talk about the All Black Sevens. We'll talk about the Baby Blacks at the under-20s. And we might even talk about the Super Rugby transfer market as well. And joining me to go through all of those topics, first up, I have uh, Stephen. How are you doing, sir? Oops. That's oh, very, very good. Thank you, gentlemen. Good evening, uh, Michael. Privilege and a pleasure again to be on the the TDM on what's a uh, an anniversary, a 50th anniversary uh, <laughs> A show which is fantastic, and we've—I I understand we've got a, a couple of other things to celebrate this evening. Oh, not so. Couple of subjects. Couple of subjects. Beg, beg your pardon. Uh, subjects to talk about. Yes. Okay. That's good. I was going to say. Wow. Well, what are we celebrating? Um, and uh, Michael Borman, how are you doing, sir? Doing very well, thank you, Paul. Good to be here, and congratulations on fifty episodes, and good to see you as well, Stephen. Thank you, and. Uh, Sorry, folks. Though some of my, my editing between shots, I've obviously got the wrong uh, the wrong screens and the wrong numbers there um, for the watching on the, on the on the live show. So um, we're going to have a new feature this week, which is called the news wrap up. So basically, these are just a few things we should give a hat tip and a, qu- a quick mention of. Uh, but we won't be going into, the, into them in too much detail. But um, uh, it's great to see Dan Carter is out of his neck brace um, and has managed to drop kick his neck brace across the garden. So. Um, <laughs> Which was uh, which was uh, a nice little Instagram moment there for for all his uh, followers. Um, so apparently he is planning on playing, uh, seeing out his final um, year in his contract in Japan, and may play even longer. But I, I um, and um, as as he lives in Newmarket, um, Stephen, you'd like to see him at the Blues? Oh, absolutely! It never it never happened. There's probably more chance of seeing him at a at a shopping centre in the in Newmarket. I understand that building a, a new Westfields size, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, mall in Newmarket. So, you know, probably a great area to shop. So that's about all we're going to see. But I don't know, it seems to be just as popular on Instagram or whatever Grammy seems to be on these days. Um, yeah, still still popular, isn't he? Even at 37 years old and, and probably got a couple more seasons left in him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, at, at, not at super rugby level, though. Um but uh, Ben Smith might be back for the, for the final round. Michael, do you think it's worth worth him running out against the Tars? No, 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 I don't actually. This is the the same as the Sam Kane situation. Um, even though I've had to eat my words because he saved the game for us the other night. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's probably Ben's decision at the end of the day about when he wants to play, and he would have gone on advice for that. So, but yeah, just not Dan Carter. Um, I would love to see him line up in minor team cup rugby. I know it probably won't happen, but oh boy, that 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 would get some eyes on the product for sure. Actually, yeah, that would be good. Actually, yeah, running out at uh, at that level wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't tax the man too much. And uh, yes, absolutely, minor team cup level would be brilliant. Um, Australia apparently won't relax the Gitto law for Will Skelton. Um, just to sort of sign that with the Rugby World Cup coming up. So interesting, Stephen, that they're going to they're holding to their guns on, on this one. Yeah, which is which is a little strange because I think you you know you'd you'd like to think you want every bit of advantage you can get given that they've they've lost one of the better fullbacks in the world and Israel Folau. You you really want some guys that are in in hot form. I know we briefly touched 
on Will Skelton last night with with his form in the uh, for Saracens this season. He looks like he's shed a few k's. Looks like a heck of a lot more athletic than we've ever seen him in the past. So yeah, gee, I, I don't know. And, and I kind of look at the the locking stocks that they've they've got at the at the minute. You know, they've got some what you might call journeyman type type locks. And now I'm just trying to think of, think of their locks at the moment. You've got the locks of Rory Arnold, and you've got the really um, big rangy guy who plays for. Oh, well, you've got a couple rebels. of you've got a couple up up at the um, uh, up at the Reds that have been capped as well. Um, Rose, oh, I've gone blank now, but you're right. Yes, yeah. I, I, I suppose I suppose oh, Rodder, just to shoot my own, I suppose just to shoot my own argument, the other would be would be hard on those guys that have tooled away at, at, at super super rugby level. But I, I guess you need the, all the advantages you can get. Well, a topic we'll discuss another date in hash rugby chat. Will be the difference, different approaches they're taking. So you've got um, South Africa basically picking anybody. Australia with a semi kind of control where you, you can you, you can you can kind of go overseas, but only after a certain amount of time. And then New Zealand, who is saying you can't go overseas at all. So that'll be an interesting one to discuss, possibly uh, close to the Rugby World Cup or even post Rugby World Cup. And finally, Michael Fafita, that red card, a bit silly for him, a three week. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see the, the actual incident. I didn't catch a lot of rugby over the weekend because Cricket World Cup. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, just in terms of his chances, I I think Fafita's a great player. I, I just don't know if he's really in the favour of, you know, Hanson and co. And, um, so I, I, I'm not really convinced that this red card is going to hamper his chances because I think they were, they were pretty pretty tough to begin with right so so yeah i I just want to say something though about that australia story we talked about it's very interesting that they've done this because the the all blacks are kind of going towards a a 60 cap rule themselves or at least rumored to be so i would have thought that australia would would want to you know, keep what they've been doing. I think it's really good for them. So, but 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 sad there for for Wolf Skelton. Yeah, well, apparently he's he's weighing up at the moment whether to re-sign with um, Saracens or to come back to Australia to be available for the World Cup. If he does that, he has to sign up for two years. So none of this just popping back for one season and then disappearing again anymore. Um, so yeah, interesting. That's uh, that's how they're that's how they're doing it. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't see actually that red card will make any difference for Fafita either way. But yeah, a bit silly for him to get that. Now then, into the uh, the meat after our little uh, a little appetizer we've had there. Um, and uh, Steve too has um, decided that he's going to uh, um, resign or sorry retire, whatever. Or yeah, leave leave the C- the New Zealand Rugby CEO role uh, at the end of the year. Uh, he's been in that role for twelve years now. Uh, and has been involved in New Zealand rugby, or at least, or at least rugby administration, for 25 years. Um, now, he's not stepping out of rugby administration entirely. He'll still be part of the Rugby World Cup um, uh, directors, I, thought like that, I think I saw. Um, so he'll still be around and still be involved in rugby, but just not uh, not running in New Zealand rugby um, anymore. Were you um, surprised by this announcement, Michael? Uh, no, I, I sort of think it's a bit beyond... Be on time to be honest, and if 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 you know Steve's a great guy, but if he was going to stay on, it's going to be a bit more of the same in New Zealand rugby. So, 
um, yeah, I, I don't really think he's got anything more to give. And a memory for me, stand out of interviewing Stephen, you know, during the, the chief stripper scandal. And I just thought the way he handled that was um, brilliant, um, actually. And, and, you know, I'm not sold on, on him and some decisions that he's made, but um, well, no surprise, really. I'm surprised it didn't come sooner, to be honest. Uh, Stephen, surprised by the timing, or, or, or do you think he's... Um, yeah, yeah, to me, it, it actually caught me on the hop. Um, I'm just thinking to myself, I wonder what Mark Watson, Chris Ratui, and Mark Reason will have to, who they'll have to write about at the minute or, or, or poke the fun out. But in, in all seriousness, what he's put uh, a long shift, 25 years of, of rugby administration, 12 as head of the, the NZRFU, you, you know, you sort of ask yourself how he will be judged. I, I often look at how other sports in New Zealand sort of manage themselves and you know there's probably three or four high profile sports along the way that you you kind of wonder how they have been ad- administered and, and managed to stay together and I think in a very small rugby market where we've only got four four million people and it's very very tough to run a professional competition I think that's probably the only real way you can judge him and Again, if you sort of look at what he's doing, you know, you look at our friends across in Australia, the, the issues that Raylene Castle is is having, having since she jumped in the job. We, we've spoken about England before, but some of the issues that they've had in and around their premiership rugby, and we all know the issues that poor old South Africa has at the at the very top level. I think I think it gets pretty well judged. I tend to agree with Michael. There's probably a couple of little hiccups hiccups along the way you know there's been some really good questions asked about the all blacks being sold to ai aig not not just the all blacks but all the all black you know basically we we see the sevens as the aig all blacks in new zealand maori as the aig all blacks which i I actually don't really agree with because they are there is only one all blacks as far as i'm concerned It, it hasn't created a lot of confusion out there in, in rugby world, rugby people are not stupid. You know whether you're watching the Sevens or the or the All Blacks. You know, there's a few people that could say that he's he's probably sold out. I'll, I'll come up to get some air in a moment, guys. But um, you know, um, yeah, I, I think he'll be well judged. But I go back to what Michael said. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple out there. And you mentioned the Chiefs before. I tell you what, they really went after him. You know, which really was a Chiefs problem, and he had to. He had to deal with a lot of flack, and he looked after it very, very well. But there's been a lot of good tick box wins along the way. But on saying all that, I, I think it is the perfect time for an actual change. It probably just needs new ideas and new vision. So yeah, I, I think he's come in, what, what so, so sort of 95, 96 is when he started uh, in this role. Uh, and Or not in this role, sorry, but in, in, in administration. And the... Basically, rugby has become professional over that sort of time. It wasn't really properly professional before that. And yeah, you've got to say from a, uh, if we, I mean, there are a number of ways of judging him. One is is, is financial side of things. And uh, yes, he's kept New Zealand rugby as being one of the most financially viable uh, unions globally, um, whilst others have, uh, have, 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 have definitely struggled more. Uh, the other side of things, I guess, to judge him on is performance. And they've uh, won two Rugby World Cups. Um, they won the Women's Rugby World Cup. They've won the, they they hold the under twenties and the um, the what's the other one uh, sevens uh, Rugby World Cup as well. So they've held 
uh, and also the women's sevens one. So they've held all all of the kind of um, all the major trophies while he's been in office. So from a performance point of view, it's there. Um, but I guess the last one is a the, the fan engagement um, side of things, where I think there needs to be some question marks around uh, how uh, yeah the the the, the the ongoing sort of the size of crowds basically and and that side of things I think is possibly where there are more question marks as you say the selling out commercialization uh, and that 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 lack of a uh, and that distancing themselves from the fans a bit I think is possibly is is going to be the major area of, of, of question marks around him. I think the the job that he did marketing wise for the most part. Um, He's really driven this all that, you know, with him at the helm, he's driven them forward. I mean, AIG come on as a sponsor it is massive. You know, we're talking about a team that, that sponsored Manchester United, for God's sake. Um, the, you know, partnerships with um, Gatorade, for, for example. You, you know, he's done an amazing job. Where New Zealand rugby um, is lacking is, is their social media um outreach to fans they're just not on the same level as the uk and in terms of fan engagement i think yeah you know one of the things that we should probably look back at at steve's role uh, over the years is the constant rise in ticket prices but you know i mean that's sort of consistent with how big this all black brand has has become so the, the new boss um really needs to sort of ask that question you know are we outpricing our, you know, are we are we pricing our most New Zealanders out of the market to to even watch the All Blacks in person? But I mean, if you're selling out the whole ground, um, somebody is going to be disappointed one way or another. Um, so I, I, the that that side of things, I'm. Uh, I think they got if, if they're selling out, then they have got the right, the pricing right, um, or at least it's not too high. It's when they can't sell all the tickets that they that, they, that you can say that they have that they've um, that, they, that, they, that they're too expensive. So that that one I don't um, on ticket prices. I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I don't think is uh, that, that's that's a problem. I mean, there is a question marking of uh, question mark around the brand about the, the mana of these things and the branding. As you say, calling all the teams now all blacks um, in one form or another, uh, all the male teams, all the female teams, um, black ferns. Is it the black fern sevens or is it the women's? Uh, New Zealand so, um it's quite they they use Blackfern Sevens as, as the as, as the name, um, but a lot of people sort of uh, bristle at the uh, the Maori All Blacks, for example. They much prefer the New Zealand Maori. Um, so the, the, the there are yeah it's um, I, yeah from from a branding point of view I understand why why he went that way uh, and it, I say and it's worked financially, but it has upset some people um, uh, along the along the lines. Uh, any thoughts or any ideas as to who might take over? Um, not off, not off the top, not off the top of my head. I was just sort of thinking about a, a couple of other things he handled. I know there was the Lossy Filippo incident as as well, which which got a heck of a lot of lot of coverage. And I, I, once again, I thought he did a, a reasonable job, which really was more, and to my way of thinking, was Wellington's issue more than the New Zealand Rugby Football Union. But I suppose when when you are the head. Of, <clears throat> The head of the snake, everybody goes after you, and just probably on the ITM Cup or ITM Cup now, Mitre Ten Cup as well. I think they may have just dropped the ball a little bit with with that in terms of support and what direction it's going. You know, obviously in recent times they've sent a brief out to all the reu- all the unions, 
just sort of, you know, having a look at a few documents in terms of where the game actually goes, which probably says to me it's it is the perfect time for Steve to move on in, in, in terms of a in terms of a, an ad administrator administrator or CEO. Um, one does come to mind, and he's a very good administrator. Is actually Martin Sneddon. Um, I, I think if you're talking an out, outstanding administrator, I think he's a, he's fantastic. Um, another another guy that comes to mind is probably Carl Budge, who um, oversees a lot of the uh, the tennis over the uh, Christmas New Year period. They're, they're two administrators that come to mind, but I'm, I'm, as they said today, I think they're going to cast that net far and wide. Railing Castle is uh, New Zealand has rugby experience. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very, very different markets, but I mean, I, I would agree on both of those names, but Carl Budge in particular, I mean, the way he's transformed that, that tennis tournament and got the, you know, the Williams sisters here, etc. cetera, um, boy, I think, you know, I think we need to get to a place in New Zealand rugby where we are bringing those overseas superstars into the game, um, you know, more than we we are at the moment, um, and, and to have a and that like a, a famous overseas name come and do a, a season or two of Super Rugby would be awesome. We've seen it before, but it'd be cool to have a bit more of that. I'd, I'd also like to see a, a CEO that's a little bit open minded. You know, we, we talk about fan and engagement, but I'd like to see things opened up a little bit. And you know, and it's maybe something all for we spoke briefly about Super Rugby, maybe all franchises where you open up if you've got New Zealand players who can play, play in South Africa or Australia, let somebody else pick up the tab and you'll, you'll, save, and you'll save yourself some money. And I'll tell you what, it, for me as a, as a, a supporter of, of Super Rugby, I would get far more engagement wanting to watch a player that I really like who runs around at Mitre 10 Cup level, maybe running around for the Lions or the Sharks, etc. So I think something... A little bit different has got to be done. If you you kind of look at minor ten cup rugby, I think a lot of I've seen some of the brief in terms of what they want to do. Tell you what, you don't have to show all those games live, as far as I'm concerned. And if we can head back to Saturday after afternoon games, once again get all the, get all the families out there. So I would hope that whoever comes on board will basically listen listen to the people who are the um, pretty much the, the, the supporters of the game, you know, the, the fans or the people who invest in the game. Yeah, fans need to be a bit careful about wearing rose-tinted glasses and thinking they can turn back the clock, though, as well, um, on, on, on some of these things. Uh, but yes, uh, it's, it's going to take time, uh, whatever they do, for the Meister, for the, uh, the Meister 10 Cup. Eight, some of the big things you've still got to get through and still got to sort out before he leaves um, is the new TV deal for Super Rugby. Um, that's going to be discussed this year. Uh, the um, the global calendar and uh, what's what structure is, is is going to be in place in world rugby? Are they going to go down this nation's uh, championship or league or whatever they want to call it, or we're going to have basically the same, pretty much similar to what we have now, except moving the window from June to July? Um, and so those are the, those are sort of the two big ones I can think of off the top of my head. He's got to deal with before he. Uh, before he disappears, any any other sort of big topics he needs to get his head, head around? 
I, I think um, the you know the the respect side of side of things. Um, you know, like I'm not convinced that some of the problems that we've seen in the past with player conduct off the field. I'm, you know, there's going to be more stories come out about that, and and I mean, this Richie Moana situation is really interesting. I mean, we haven't heard um, really anything in the last week or so, and that you know, there's a number of reasons for that, obviously. But I, I think New Zealand rugby needs to take a wee bit of a closer look at um, that sort of respect. I'm not, I can't even remember what the official term they used is. Um, but also like um, concussion and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So. But those th- th- those are all going to be major sort of issues for the next person, rather than for him to have to have to sort of close out before he leaves. Um, I'm saying I think yeah, the things he has, he's going to have to close out before he leaves are a, a kind of a new TV deal and uh, and what structure is, is going to happen post post rugby World Cup as well. Yeah, I think that TV deal though is going to dictate a lot of. Um, the way New Zealand rugby go moving forward and what we need with um, the new CEO is somebody who's not going to just bend over to the you know the, the big TV um, players because how that deal goes is going to dictate a lot of everything else I think Yep um, Any final points Stephen before we move on to the uh, All Black 7s? No not really just want to you know, just wish him all the all, all the very best uh, moving forward. It'd be interesting to see where he. The interesting thing to me will be where he ends up. You know, if there's if there's something else out there for uh, for Steve Chu, <laughs> is there a job on the international rugby? Is is this is this might be this might be strategic? Is he is he zeroing for a job on the uh, the international rugby board or something like that, guys? Hey, I'm, I'm, we watch this space with interest, don't we? We do. It's, it's, he's initially said no, but um, but we can see. Oh, other, other names have been thrown in there. Um, the CEO of the Hurricanes has been mentioned, and he's probably the most um, visible CEO amongst the franchise, amongst the Super Rugby franchises. Um, and Steve Chu's deputy, and I can't remember the name of that person either, but those are two other names that have been thrown in the, thrown in the ring at this early stage. So, the All Black Sevens. Um, how do we judge their season? Uh, they've qualified for the Olympics. They lost in the final of the last round uh, in Paris um, to finish third overall uh, in the competition. I say qualifying for the Olympics. A successful season or a uh, disappointing season, Michael? Uh, pretty disappointing. Uh, they've been mediocre for a while. Uh, you know, I... I don't know. I just it, it feels like how long has it been since they've won a, a home tournament? You know, I, I I don't know. I just think since the um and it was always going to happen. You know, since the Olympics has kind of come into it, there's been a an interesting shift in that sevens program. So um and, and couple that with the rise of the women's success as well. So yeah, pretty pretty mediocre for me, but um. Boy, Fiji, a hell of a team, and and South Africa, and US, and everybody in that Sevens World Series. It's just great to see see the growth of the game. And um, hey, if only if only the Fifteens men's game would, would be so competitive. And uh, Stephen, do, do you agree, with Michael? It was a bit disappointing, or do you think it's been a good season? Oh, listen, in most most teams, most countries would probably take third, but. 
in New Zealand's case, when you consider where they were on the table earlier in the, in the tournament, and um, you know, usually in most cases we've we haven't we we've always struggled for that extra pace or extra flair to stay with the USA or, or Fiji. But what's been really disappointing at, at times they've, they've played some really sloppy sloppy sevens, some really some really poor poor options. I can remember um, um, the uh, little just forget his name is the uh, South Southland. Oh, sorry, the Otago winger throwing a, a pass when he didn't need to throw a pass when all they needed to do was wind the game down. And Fiji ran, ran about 70-odd uh, metres and, and, and scored a try. But we can also remember them getting knocked out at quarterfinal stage as as well, you know, and that's kind of been unheard of. Right? Yet we, you get beat sometimes through the luck of the draw. You strike a Fiji or a, or a hot South Africa or need a hot USA team and, and, you, you, and you lose. But... Uh, you know, for my liking, they've been uh, they've been really sloppy. Some of their tackling's been slop, sloppy. Passes has been haven't been sticking. And um, the only real positive I can say, having watched a bit of the sevens, they are developing a nice playmaker in Andrew Newstub. Looks like he's you know I think he's been a a real bright spark for this uh, New Zealand sevens team. But guys, in the main, yeah, you've got to say disappointing. It's like they were in the race, but not really. We're never going to win it. I mean, we've seen. I've seen a bunch of tweets um, and people and, and other sort of uh, noise from various New Zealand rugby pundits, sort of naming a an all Super Rugby seven squad to take to the um, to take to the Olympics. Um, that's uh, a tad disrespectful for a side that's come third, really, isn't it? And it's obviously never going to happen, but. Um, uh, does, does it just show that the public just don't know the names in the uh, in the sevens anymore? Yeah, we, we, you go, Michael. Well, I, I don't think um, they've necessarily been given the the opportunity to because we're all we're all about you know the the All Blacks 15s game at Super Rugby. Um, there's only so much sort of. Uh, attention that, that people can give on sports and I, I think yeah you're exactly right Paul they don't really know the names of these players but nor have they been really given the a lot of exposure outside of um, you know events like the National Sevens and then the the Hamilton event really uh, yeah and the the National Sevens doesn't get much much coverage either let's um, let's be uh, let's be honest. Um, Brent in the, in the, the chat says that so things have done pretty, done pretty well considering the level of investment that they get um, and that it's the systems that are letting them down, uh, which I think is what you're talking about there, Michael, basically, yeah, is that uh, everything's everything's focused on the 15s games uh, and 7s has been used as a development system uh, or uh, since since forever, whereas other countries now are taking it more seriously and as it's more, more an end goal for players in, in other countries now. Whereas, um, apart from your DJ Forbes and um, uh, Mickelson, um, most players sort of pass through the seven system rather than the sevens being their end goal, isn't it? You know, guys, most, most of the time with New Zealand sevens teams and in the past, when we haven't actually had the pace to basically get around the outs- outside of teams, we've always basically dominated at breakdown in the year we've been good and, and that's that's the little areas 
where we've fallen down. I think we did that exercise a couple of weeks ago where we spoke about maybe having two, which two players from each franchise would you would you bring into this um, New Zealand Sevens team? You really wouldn't want too many more. I mean, to say, if you were looking at guys, you're probably looking at somebody like Akira Yuani, Adi, Adi Savea, maybe Rico Yuani. If you, if you think about when they had those three guys as part of the... Uh, the All Black Sevens a couple of seasons back, boy, they, they always look good, and then they drag them out, and then the level would drop again. You wouldn't want too many more, too many more changes. We we do lack a little bit of, you know, a, a top end pace. We thought we might we might get a little bit of that back when we uh, had Joe Weber come back into the side, but I still think you've got to stick with you've got to stick with these guys and keep getting them to develop. So when's the Olympics roll up? Is that about a year away? Yeah, it's next year. Yep. So just so yeah, just yeah, just over a year I think, be uh, be sort of July time, middle of winter for us. And um, I can tell you, for those of you not in New Zealand, it's been a cold day today. Um, so I uh, yes, it's been been. I've I've got my uh, I've got my thermals on, um, and you see we're all in hoodies um, uh, t- tonight. Yeah, it's nippy nippy here over here in New Zealand, and that brings up time for the halftime break uh, and your halftime team chat from uh, from me. So. Um, Become a supporter of the uh, of the Driving Mall. Uh, there's a link down below to patreon.com forward slash driving mall. Uh, and that gets you access to exclusive content. So today I ran through the uh, Super Rugby stats for the different teams uh, to see which stats um, most closely correlate to um, points. Um, do teams need to be disciplined? Do they need a scrum? Uh, is it important how much they attack or how much they defend? Um, and those sort of things. So uh, if you want to have a look at that video and see all the stats from across um, Super Rugby, then go and become a Patreon uh, or a supporter at patreon.com forward slash driving more. Um, and so taking us into the second half of the show, um, it's uh, it's under 20s time. The, what's commonly referred to as a Junior Rugby World Cup or what's really World Rugby's Junior Championship Um the uh, I think I've got I've forgotten got the uh, the letters in the wrong way wrong way around there, um, but a good victory for the All Blacks um, for the Baby Blacks um, overnight, um, Stephen. Yeah, it was it was a bit of concern going into this game because we when we last when we last played the Australians we were we, we got pretty much touched up <laughs> by the Australian pack. So we uh, going in against the the Georgians we we knew that they, they love a good scrum and a good good driving wall. Over there, so it was uh, just a little bit concerned. But um, listen, I think we, the baby blacks this morning really, really, really stepped up. You know, a couple of couple of the forwards, Simes, the skipper, I thought was very good. Flanders was was very good, and you know that that pack just really did enough to supply some good ball to the backs. I thought the other outstanding feature too was their their offloading pull. Uh, yeah, so the, just the result was forty five thirteen to. Um... Uh, to the uh, the Baby Blacks and Brent here reminds us it was twenty four nil over on the Gold Coast against um, the uh, against the Australians. Um, the yeah, it just seemed uh, sort of all Blacks of old style of rugby with lots of running, lots of offloading, uh, lots of um, sexy rugby. Michael. Yeah, to be honest, I uh, didn't see the game, but heard there was a um, a pretty good display by some of those young guys and. Um, I was glad to see the Chiefs um, let Nalai Satura head over for that. They um, 
really wanted to give him that opportunity and and like saw a photo on Twitter, um, the 2011 under 20 squad and you look at some of those faces and they've gone on 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 to do some amazing things. So so yeah, good start um, for for the team. But I mean, be interesting to see what happens come when they you know face some of the other bigger nations. Yeah, was I was about to say it wasn't too good a start for Nuno Satoru because he got a yellow card yeah. uh, quite quite early quite early in the game. It, it's really sort of interesting, and I won't run too far. But each game this morning there was a, a yellow card in every game, and including a red card in the uh, Ireland England game as well. So a lot of talk coming from the TMOs as, as well to the referee. So they're getting plenty of advice. So I think it's going to be one of those. I hope it's not in danger of becoming. The officials who become the star of the 2019 Under 20 World Cup, but yeah, they're getting definitely a lot of advice. A lot of advice. Um, I was going to mention the big num- big rangy number six female also played a very very good game this morning. Very good with ball in, in hand, but uh, it was great to see a lot of good uh, uh, long range tries from the uh, New Zealand boys. Um, and then they're in the group with um, South Africa and Scotland. So the other relevant um, results was uh, South Africa 43, Scotland 19. So both Scotland, sorry, both South Africa and New Zealand have picked up try bonus points in their opening wins. Uh, and that's going to be important in this competition. So for those of you that aren't aware, uh, there are three pools or three groups in this competition. The winners of each group go into the semi-finals um, along with the uh, best second place um, team. Then the sort of the middle group of four teams go away and play for fifth down to eighth. And then the bottom four teams, or the, the three bottom teams, plus one of the lowest number of points, uh, head off into a uh, shootout to make sure and the loser of that um, ends up getting relegated. So Fiji were promoted this year and Japan were relegated last year, just um, so you know. Um, the um, interesting, yeah, Brent says that, yeah, you can tell a lot of the officials are getting a lot of advice similar to the 2015 Rugby World Cup um, starting round. So maybe it's one of those things that... Um, uh, that starts off uh, starts off and then sort of relaxes a little bit as as the tournament goes on. Uh, you mentioned that red card. It was um, uh, it, it was a uh, yeah it was a very very silly move by the the England player um, about ten minutes to go, uh, which meant that England who were losing no not not losing finalists sorry who were um, semi finalists last year I think or losing finalists last year anyway either way. Um, no, they must have been losing finalists last year. Losing finalists last year, England lost their opening game against Ireland. Ireland was in the bottom group last year. So Ireland is the, is the fourth fourth seed in that pool with Australia um, as well. And you've got to say that uh, Australia, Ireland and England will take points off each other with uh, Italy losing all of their games. Um, so that, is, that really is the pool of death. Ireland won the uh, under-20s six nations this year with a grand slam. Um, so to go from when you have your fourth seed in your pool being the being the Six Nations champions, um, that's uh, that's that's kind of tough. Um, and um, then the final group is uh, France, Argentina, Wales, and I've gone blank as to the last team. Um, sorry about that, folks. Um, so, um, but uh, uh, so yeah, so you'd expect France to top that um, uh, to top that group. Um, and then uh, really between Argentina and whoever comes second out of uh, South Africa and Italy, sorry, South Africa and um, New Zealand uh, to uh, have to 
come down to points difference uh, and bonus points. So a try bonus point against Scotland is an absolute must for um, uh, for, for for New Zealand. Next up, uh, any other? Uh, sorry, I just went off on a my a a, a, a five minutes chat about the under twenties. There, uh, any uh, <laughs> any other thoughts or comments? No, I was going to say, poor old Glenn Jackson didn't even get a gig at the under twenties. I'm a bit upset for him. <laughs> the, <laughs> so interestingly, I was chatting with uh, with uh, um, with Minty at the weekend. He was mentioning that, uh, uh, and we, we talked about this last night on that rugby chat um, that the um, the different style of refereeing in the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere and how a lot of things go in Super Rugby and. Uh, Whereas it doesn't, they don't seem to go. They don't seem to allow as much up in the northern hemisphere. And apparently, um, world rugby are not happy with that style of refereeing, and hence why the uh, southern hemispheres have not got as many referees in the rugby world cup as previous years. I think there's a lot of French referees uh, going this time, aren't there? Uh, and I think that might be because yeah, the world. I mean, world Brett Gosper has has said in the past there aren't enough uh, cards being given out. So, um, so yes, yeah. that's. Um, that that's uh, that that was that. So yeah. So Brent, you just asked what the reason was. Uh, there you go. I've just told you the reason why he didn't uh, get the um, get the nod at least for the Rugby World Cup. Um, and again, that's a system issue, isn't it? Because I'm sure Sanzar have told them, "Hey, we want flying rugby because it makes it more attractive on TV," um, and therefore, yeah, it's, it's 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 not their fault necessarily. No, I think it's a classic thing, though. It's interesting that uh, that comment was made about wanting more cards in games because, I mean, of course, that gives the uh, journal something to write about. It becomes a headline story and, and makes money. So, um, yeah, not surprising, but kind of unsurprisingly shocking that, uh, you know, that's the direction they want to take. And uh, I think more consistency between northern and southern hemisphere rugby would be would be great i think that's the only way the you know this this new format um champions nations whatever it's called is going to work you need to have consistency uh yes absolutely I and mean, that's um uh, it's one of the things things that we were um uh that yeah i think we the, the, the people have been um <clears throat> Talking about so, uh, Brett asked why daft justification in my opinion. Um, well, the, the reason that they they want more cards is that they think basically players aren't being penalised uh, according to the law book, and they want players to change how they tackle. I bring it down, and therefore, uh, and they don't think that they're actually getting, they're not changing the behaviours of players in the way they expect by changing the laws, uh, and they're saying that's because the refs aren't enforcing it strictly enough, basically. Um. So our final kind of big topic. Um, so Tyrrell Lomax, for example, is leaving the Highlanders and heading up to um, Wellington. Um, apparently his partner would like to be up there. Um, but um, and but this is sort of starting to lead to a bit of a transfer market here uh, in New Zealand uh, as we've got I mean, players like um, Mitchell Hunt is rumoured to be heading down to the Highlanders from um, the Crusaders. Uh and uh, is this kind of um, what's the uh, word I'm? Um, is this kind of transfer activity uh, a bad thing, or, or do you think it's a good, or do you think it's it's, it's absolutely fine that uh, 
that, that we're getting a, that's a bit of competition for players um, between the different franchises. Michael. I love it. I bloody love it, Paul, the guy behind driving more. If we can't have a if we can't have a draft, this is the next best thing. Um I I don't know. I, I can see I can see how it would disrupt um a lot of sides and, and you know, fans love love their loyalty to their clubs, but um you know, rugby's changing and, and I think um we you know, the people need to change with it. So Good on him. Um, I would love to see Mitch Hunt down in, in Highlander country. And the thing is, players have got to go. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, like, a guy like Tyrell Lomax, oh, you know, the Highlanders made him into a great player, so therefore he should stay. Well, no. Um, he developed his game down there. Um, but, you know, he's got to do what's best for him and his family. So good on him. Um. So yes, yeah, so apparently uh, they've gone. Uh, the, the Highlanders are shopping around some of the fringe Crusader props, um, and with the Crusaders losing uh, Franks um, at uh, after every World Cup, it could be a bit of a, um, uh, a, a bit of fun. Uh, Simon Hughes asks: Is there a transfer fee? Um, uh, and Super Rugby New Zealand, I, I thought Super Rugby New Zealand um, already had a draft. Okay, so um, no. Uh, there, there isn't a transfer fee. Players will be moving at the end of their contracts, uh, so rather than mid-contract. Um, and no, there is no draft uh, in New Zealand. Uh, the f- different franchises announce their um, their squads. They'll announce who has been released, um, but they just announce their squads each year. It's not like uh, there's a pool of players and um, the Crusaders get get last choice because they're the best team or anything like that, uh, which I don't think would work either because I don't think... Um, it works in NFL because people are moving for a lot of money to a new city, um, whereas you're not moving for a lot of money uh, as a super rugby fringe player. Um, so up, up, upping all, upping, upping your, your roots, trying to buy a new house and all that kind of stuff um, to just be traded back again three a couple of years later. Uh, yeah, there's not, there's just not the money in, in rugby in, in rugby to do that kind of stuff. I was going to say, guys, with the Highlanders, I think they're probably being a little bit proactive because obviously they're looking to to gain a few more bodies. I've heard they they might also be starting a Northland Utility back, New Zealand Sevens back, Scott Gregory, as well. Apparently, he's in he's well and truly on their sights. But if you look at the number of players that they're they're losing as well, they're they're losing a few, aren't they? So I guess they're just built rebuilding their stocks. I think I. They're losing the likes of uh, Ben Smith, Jackson Hemipal. Um, There's a couple of other main, nine, names. Well, that, yeah, uh, here's some Tom Franklin, Luke Whitelock, Elliot Dixon, Liam Squire, um, Jackson Hemipal. That's just the Lucys. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, yeah, that's that, that's a lot. I know the Blues um, are reportedly uh, going to be losing Scott Scrafton, which dis- disappoints me, but he, apparently he feels that he's not getting a lot of game time and he probably sees there's a an opportunity with the Hurricanes pick, just with regards to Tyrell Lomax, just for our international audience, uh, Tyrell comes from a very strong Wellington Rugby League family. Um, you know, I think he's the son of either John or David Lomax, who played for the New Zealand Kiwis. So there's a, a lot of ties to that Wellington area. So I, I totally understand that. From a Blues piece, um, I'm a little bit depressed. We don't seem to be signing anybody at the, at the minute. And, uh, 
it's probably they're probably looking they're probably going to be either looking at probably might attend cup form but even the blues have probably reportedly got some really big names to to re-sign with both Sonny Bill Williams and Manonu reportedly heading offshore. I know the likes of Augustine Augustine Pulu is is heading off, Matt Mould's heading off. So they've got a few, shall I say, um, players to fill on their respective rosters as well. But I'm I'm like Michael. I I, I like the idea of of, of player movement. It, it it creates a lot of talk. We spoke about fan engagement before. Well, what better way? For fan fan engagement, you often look at English Premier football, and you obviously talk about during the off season. There's complete talk about who's moving here, where, when, and why, and how much it's it's going to cost. But we get very little talk during the off season about you know once those Super Rugby sides are pretty much picked in November. Really, there's nothing to talk about apart from how how's our team going to go next year. Um, the um. The, um, what I was going to say, um, yeah, but there needs to be, there needs to be more talk and more, yeah, more noise about it. If, if, if we're going to use it as, a, as, as that point of view, um, and Stephen, look, you've got a, uh, a Northland um, uh, hoodie on there. Um, what is it that? Why is it that the Highlanders have got this relationship with with Northland? I mean, are the, are each end of the um, uh, each end of the sort of the, the country, and yet we've got, as you say, uh, the, the utility back heading down there. Um, we've had Pryor um, down there from 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 Northland. There seems to be quite a number of players, Northland players, who have ended up um, in yeah. the deep south. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of guys. Um, there's a lot of guys just considered not good enough for for uh, for the Blues. Uh, just to, just to give you a, a bit of a fair fair idea, about four seasons ago, um, Northland spoke to the Blues about uh, Sonatane Takalua. The, Tongan international halfback who's basically making a grand fist of being a professional over in uh, for Newcastle Falcons and gee has is just improved his rugby's just improved no end and um, the Blues at the time just didn't want to know I, I just think it's one of those franchises that really needs to work hard with its three union partners and listen if you've got some really good players try and make sure that you can actually uh that you can actually park them in your in your stable somewhere. You know the Crusaders do a wonderful job with both Canterbury and Tasman of just parking so much players in in, in that area to the point where uh, you know they're just bulging with depth. And as the Super Rugby competition has shown, if you've got the depth to cover all the injuries that you have during the season, you're going to go you're going to go go pretty deep into this competition. And um, yeah, I've got some real issues with Blues recruitment. They've only got themselves to blame. I'm pretty sure Michael will basically agree. Even they've had a bit of a Solomon Alomalo, an absolute classic, was in the Blues development squad back in 2016. Um, I know that his agent plus the Northland coaches pushed very hard with with Tana Umanga to um, to basically look at look at this kid. So, listen, selection is in the eye of the beholder, but you've got to say the beholder who looks after Blues rugby um, <coughs> doesn't know Jack. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a scouting issue as well, and, and, and that is a result of a wider organisational issue. And, and that's what kind of annoys me when um, Blues fans kind of get up on their 
on the high horse a wee bit on Twitter because, I mean, the reality is, is that they, they're not having the talent because they're not going out and looking for it. And, you know, when they get recommendations, they they don't look into it because they don't know because they haven't been out there. Um, the, the Chiefs are, are similar as well, you know. I mean, Alex Nagelville is a great example of someone who's come through um, the Waikato system, but there are so many guys here who should should really be in the Chiefs. Um, so, so, yeah, they've got no one. Never springs to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, yep. and a good selector will work out what style of player he needs for his specific game. If you if you kind of look at the Blues style of rugby that they they play, they they dominate they dominate by holding they try to dominate by holding the ball for for long periods. So it, that basically tells me they've got the same sort of player running around. Even if you even if you look at the at the their current midfield at the moment, well, Man Manonu has had a had a good season. You look at somebody like Wise Guy Fayani, well, he's pretty much a tucker as well. There's nobody really creative in 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 that in that backline. You know, you look at the Chiefs backline when they had guys like Charlie Atai, it really didn't matter who you who you stuck beside Charlie Atai because he was so goddamn creative. Um, he was really good. You look at when they had James Lowe, they actually had a guy with a really big left foot, you know, for red zone exits. You know, that's the sort of thinking that people who run the Blues have got to be thinking about. And, you know, I, I once upon a time heard uh, basically a, uh, a saying that, unfortunately, Blues blues and Auckland selectors look look for the bling as opposed to, to looking for the, for the workers, if you know what I mean. My uh, son-in-law made a really good comment last week and described the Blues. He described all the other franchises as the student that turns up to class and does five to ten minutes of prep uh, before he starts his day. And the Blues, as the kid that actually didn't get to sleep early enough, gets to class late and drags his feet into the classroom. And I thought that was an absolutely fantastic and analogy. I know we're, we're more looking about about player player movement, but it's about how good you are with that with that player movement. How good you are to look at look at the players that you've actually got. See them where they're going to be in in two or three years. And a lot of mistakes being made. I mean to say, a harsh back to the the Benji Marshall um, e- example, and it's just absolutely littered with with basically. Uh, uh, Poor, poor options that have been taken. I'm yeah, sure to, be fair, to be fair, the, ben, the Benjamin Marshall, the Benjamin Marshall one was a director's, uh, uh, yeah. a, a director's um, vanity project that all went wrong. Let's be honest, and thankfully those directors now have, have, have left. Um, going back to the the, the under twenties, though, Brent asked a good a question. He talked again about player release and things. He said, "How come um, Edson Nanasatoro and um, Leicester?" Uh, Fanny Yuka both get to be released for the under twenties, and yet you've got players like Caleb Clark um, and Proctor who haven't been. So, any idea how that works? It's really a horses for for courses sort of situation. So, uh, with the Chiefs, they they wanted if they could afford to give um, Nanai some some game time in the twenties, simply because that experience it. it, it bodes well for their their development. Um, so I know that was the thing with 
Satoru, and they did it a couple of years ago as well with, can't remember who it was, but, um, and, and also the Chiefs had a bye week this week as well. So, so yeah, whereas Proctor and Clark are um, probably a little bit more important to the, the wider franchise given where they're at at the moment. I, you'd think that the, the, the Canes are stacked with um, with centre options with uh, obviously Brook Proctor Senior, um, Lau Mappy. Oh, oh, the Hurricanes! Sorry, the Hurricanes have released Proctor. Thank you, Brent. Um, no wonder that um, uh, I was about to say yeah, that yeah, that he's with yeah with Proctor Senior with Lau Mappy um, with Arso uh, with Jordy Barrett who can step in there uh, with um, I've got blank as well there. Um, so. Uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of options. Okay, so yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that um that, that Proctor got the because uh, he hasn't had much um much game time down Hurricanes. But as you say, Caleb Clark is now first choice on the right wing. Uh, Super OP is considered a higher level, and so if you're first choice, then you stick around and get the better better standard of rugby. I think is really and um it's it's about the players. It's not about getting the title for uh, for New Zealand, which is I think the the right way to go. Uh, Simon Hughes says that Marnonu is going back to Toulon. Um, so we'll see. Yes. That's, that's been confirmed, is it? Or is it still rumours? Uh, I'm fairly sure it was only a, a one-year deal. I mean, the guy's living in the hotel at the moment, so... <laughs> see, that, that's, that's, that poses an interesting question, guys, with, uh, with the Blues likely to lose Sonny Bill and, and Marnonu. Is somebody like uh, Timur... Manu going to come back to Auckland? You know, if you're if you're thinking about if if he's probably thinking about what he's experienced with this Chiefs team this year, um, you know, he'd almost be tempted to stay, wouldn't he, Michael? Oh yeah, I mean, it's a pretty regular game time, but you know, the the allure of playing in, in your home your home backyard might might be something, and if if the Blues are going to have that uh, opportunity, and they can put up the right amount of money. I'm not sure the details on Tamil's deal down here, though it might might be more than one year, I think. My, my, my understanding is, is, is it's one year. Um, having looked through the transfers and uh, things for, for, I don't believe he has signed officially for next year. And you think that Nankerville, as you say, he's a, a, a Waikato project, uh, or uh, not project, Waikato um, boy, he's come through the systems here. Uh he uh, has, has has impressed every time he's played, um, but hasn't had that much game time. Uh, probably, he's, I, I, I guess he's a little bit younger than, Man, than Manu, um, perhaps not quite as developed in his rugby yet. But you've got to say that, that you do probably be, the Chiefs should be or would be thinking of their future midfield, first-choice midfield combination being Anson Leonard-Brown and Nankerville, or whatever way around, Nankerville and Anson Leonard-Brown. Um, yep. uh, so, so hence, uh, and... Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Manu head back up to uh, Auckland where he plays with TJ Fiani uh, at minor 10 cup level. So they both know each other well. Um, they, they they seem to enjoy playing with each other last season. Uh, so, yeah, why not carry that combination through to the Blues? Would be uh, would be my view. Um, well, thank you, gentlemen. Um uh, we have a couple minutes left, so uh, uh, any other topics around New Zealand rugby you'd like to have a, a, a quick yatter about, a quick yarn? I was going to quickly throw something out there. Um, I know you were going to 
mention a a possible uh, possible bolter. I, I know I was just going to oh, mention okay. the stakes. The stakes of Brad Weber just keep on keep on rising and rising. I'm, I'm at the point where how could you not take him? Um, I think he's going great guns at the moment, and uh, Braden Enor just continues to impress. It's fantastic to see a, a midfield back that can take an outside break. Um, I mean to say, it, that's not a bad break when you've actually gone on the outside of Anton Leonard Brown. Admittedly, Anton didn't have a first 25 minutes to remember on uh, a Saturday night, but I think that kind of mirrored the whole Chiefs before they found their mojo. So, um, yeah, just want to chuck those two names out there. Um, yeah, I just, um, I, I just, yeah this, it just seems, I mean, there was an article in the um, uh, in stuff suggesting that, yeah, that it doesn't matter how good Brad Weber, played, Brad, Brad Weber plays, um, Triple T is who they're going to go for. Um, the... Uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. But Braden then, or yeah, he's he, yeah, he has all blacks, all black written all over him, doesn't he? Let's be honest. Um, a topic for next week, just as a kind of uh, a little bit of a teaser, is now that we've uh, got Steve Chu heading uh, out the door, and um, there are a number of uh, coaches, international coaches, who um, have uh, who's definitely not been on sort of Steve Chu's good boy list. Um, those include play, people like. Um, um, not Brent Gatland, his, his, his dad, um, Gatland, um, uh, Gatland, um, another one, uh, Dave Rennie, apparently was not a Steve Chu favourite. Um, uh, and so with these, uh, with, with, with a change at CEO, does that change the, um, does that change the, uh, the, the, the situation around who might be the next All Blacks coach? So we'll discuss that one next week. Um, sorry, go ahead, Michael, you, had, you were going to say something? Oh, no, if I'm on next week, I'll give you my thoughts then. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, we'll talk about that on next week. Um, and uh, so thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, just so you, you everyone's aware, there's going to be a bit of a uh, roster rejig on the um, across the, 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 the shows. Uh, Stephen Shane will be uh, continuing as on, on a Monday. Um, Herman is, is making a return, and uh, Stephen will be, his regular partner in on the Hash Rugby chat. And then as uh, Michael is about to hear, he's going to be invited to become a regular on the All Black position along with Ashwin um, here as well. So those won't be set in stone by any stretch. Uh, the people will obviously will move around as and when because these are all volunteer people. No one uh, gets paid for this. Um, none, none of them get paid for this gig. They do it because they enjoy it. Uh, so when uh, when people are busy, we'll, they'll juggle around. But uh, but that's, yeah, but uh, a little bit of a, of a roster rejig will be going on behind the scenes. So um, look forward to that. And uh, good night. I think me, I, I think me and Ash, Ashwin under the same same virtual roof might be might be a bit of uh, might be a bit <laughs> too hard to handle. You know, we've both got a lot to say. I'm going to say uh, it, uh, for Michael, it's a long way to come and join those two on the couch on a Wednesday night. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's the only the only thing I feel feel a bit for you, mate. They might have to put you up at the uh, in the Sheraton or somewhere like that. Uh, Michael for the night, but um, <laughs> hey, listen, just just in closing, uh, it's been a, a privilege and a pleasure being on the uh, All Blacks edition. Uh, uh, Paul, I'll definitely there, come off the bench there, although I am starting to wonder, I flippantly called it my show last night, and I get relegated to just one show a week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there you go. Oh, uh, dear. Um, so, uh, so um, uh, Brent, if you want to know who Herman is, uh, you will be able to find out tomorrow as he's going to be doing the preview for the weekend Super Rugby action with me tomorrow. So you can uh, ch- check him out there at uh, 
yeah, he's uh, we'll, I'll do a proper proper in, proper reintro um, next Tuesday. So thank you very much, gentlemen, um, and uh, yeah, good night. <laughs>